Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Praise God. And the testimonies tonight were powerful. And as I listened in, I was going to sing, Oh, for the flame of living fire, but I just want to sing, What a God. And it kind of goes with Brother Patrick's message this morning. Praise God. What a God who made the world, man and woman, boy and girl. What a God who knows my name. Though a sinner, he loves me the same. What a God concerned for me, the one who sets me free. What a God who does impossible. Oh, what a God. What a God who came to earth. In a manger was his birth. What a God our pains he felt. In the garden as he knelt. What a God nailed to a tree for sinners, you and me. What a God loves eternally. Oh, what a God. What a God who never fails. I'm the head and not the tail. What a God who changes not, no matter what. What a God transforms me, makes me what I ought to be. What a God who still does miracles. Oh, what a God, what a God. Oh, yes, what a God who still does miracles. Oh, what a God. Oh, what a God. Amen. Oh, what a God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, my sister. Thank you for sharing uh, that powerful song, What a God. Hallelujah. And we will turn the program over to the man of God presenting the word, uh, our dear Pastor Saw. Happy Sabbath, Pastor Saw. Sabbath. Sister Marine, are you? Praise God. Good. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for the warm introduction and welcome. Thank you, Sister Suzette, for that beautiful and uh, heartfelt 
a song of meditation, and I want to say, uh, wonderful, uh, I can't believe it already, this second Sabbath, as it were, uh, of this new year, how time is flying by so quickly. And uh, we praise God for his amazing grace, for his blessings. I just want to testify of God's greatness. I, I was able to celebrate not only a new year uh, into 2021, but a new year of life as well in both ways. So I'm so grateful for entering this new year and also celebrating another year of life. And um, as I look back, I say, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Indeed, uh, he is a wonderful God. And he has done a wonderful thing for you and I. And we want to talk about his goodness and greatness. You know, in these difficult times, so many people are becoming so discouraged and depressed. And with this pandemic that's being sustained, it's affecting so many people. And this is a time that we ever have to draw closer and nearer to our God. This is a time that we got to hold on to God because he will not let go of us. He will not stop holding on to us. So we've got to hold on to the thought that God is holding on to us and never let go of that thought because that thought is truth and that thought is translated into reality because he said, I behold, I have engraven you in the palm of my hand. And if your name and my name is engraven in the palm of his hands, he says, can a, a mother forget her suckling child, her nursing child? Well, then how would God, who has engraved us in the palm of his hands, ever forget us? Sometimes we forget him. We forget God and we begin to panic. And just like how the disciples were on the boat in that raging sea on the storm of Galilee, and they started to panic with fear, filling their hearts, forgetting that the master and the creator was on board and he was fast asleep uh, in the storm. How could you, how can you sleep through a storm? Now that's another sermon all by itself. And, um, you know, I'll leave that one for another time. We could use that word. The Lord is just inspiring me with that thought, but I had another thought the Lord gave me, but um, be encouraged, be encouraged. And I want to talk to you this evening about, Look and live. Look and live. You've heard this story before, but it's worthy of repetition. Let's pray together. Pray with me. Oh God of our salvation, we pause to thank you for allowing us to see these first two Sabbaths, 15 days, Lord, into this new year, 2021. There are those who went to bed last night, Lord, last week, even last year on December 31st, and never rose, O oh Lord, to see the dawning of a new day or a new year. Lord, we are grateful. We are indebted to your great love, your mercy, your long-suffering, your loving kindness toward each one of us. No matter what we're going through, Lord, may we cling fast and hold on to the hope that you are the God of our salvation, the God of hope, and help us not to look around and look behind and look beneath or beside, but to look up and lift up our heads, for redemption is drawing nigh. Be with us now as we open your words. May we see Jesus high and lifted up, and may, as you've declared in your word, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men and women and all 
to you. Jesus, please lift us up as we look to you now. In your almighty name we pray, precious Jesus. Amen. Amen. As we think about this task here, my fellow brothers and sisters, the next few moments for your contemplation, I want to ask you a few questions. You know, this year has quickly ushered itself in. And, you know, we have greeted its coming, and some of us have not even greeted its coming. In fact, you know, I, I was talking to some of my friends and colleagues, and I'm saying, you know, I'm still trying to catch up from last year, and this new year has started. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but there's some unfinished business, some unfinished or unclosed tasks from the last year. We're trying to wrap it up, and this year has just rolled into its new, into its new direction already. And so there are things that we're trying to catch up on and close up on, and yet this year is quickly moving on a pace. You know, but what we got to pause to ask ourselves, you know, what has been the history of the past year with its perhaps broken or burden of records and now that has passed into eternity? When we think about it, you know, we, we, we are told by the Apostle Paul uh, down through the lines through to us, to our time, to this very age, he says to us, examine ourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. God forbid that at this very critical and, shall I say, important hour, that we should be so entangled or engrossed in, in matters as to give no time to serious, candid, critical self-examination. We really need to. We need to let the things of minor consequence be put into back into the background. We need to let go of the past here, let go of the burdens of the past, let go of the weight of the past, and let us bring now to the forefront the things which concern our eternal interests. Those are the most important things, no matter what we're going through. Now, yes, we are, many of us are going through some difficult times, some hardships, some difficulties. We're going through some family and financial issues, personal and spiritual matters that are so confounding, so difficult, so hard to manage and to bear. But we've got to be reminded that in spite of what's happening in this world, that God is still in control, that he's got the whole world in his hands. He says that the earth is the Lord in Psalm 50 and the fullness thereof. Though the earth be removed from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. So 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 COVID nineteen got nothing on God. Got got nothing on God's power. It has got nothing on God's ability to provide. It's got nothing on God's heavenly resources for you and I. We, we've got to look up a little higher. So let me take you to our storyline today. Come with me now. Journey with me for the next few moments to Numbers chapter 21. Numbers chapter 21. The book of Numbers in the Old Testament chapter 21. If you have your Bibles, please turn them there with me. Numbers chapter 21. And we pick up the storyline from verse 4. So I'll give you a moment to find it in your, in your, pull out your swords from your sheath. And please wave them over to Numbers chapter 21. And we will review and examine verses 4 for our short study and devotional thought this evening. 
Numbers chapter 21, verse 4 and on. When I read in your hearing, the record says, Then they journeyed from Mount Or by Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. Hold on now. Stick a pin. Bookmark the text and that passage for a moment. So we realize that uh, the children of Israel uh, just previously had uh, won a victory. They, however, had a roadblock. The long journey that was around the land of Edom was necessary because the king of Edom refused to grant Moses' request for passage through the territory. We find that in the previous chapter. So after the first uh, encounter of victory in the first three verses of the same chapter, I didn't read it, but you can look at it, they had to now take a longer, a more circuitous route, if you will, that was particularly unpleasant to the people of Israel. And the classic you know, situation is that when something is stretched out for so long like this, pandemic period, like this COVID-19 crisis, we often can get, the human heart can get discouraged, and we can feel defeated, and we can get depressed, and so many people, and some of us are going through that, and that's all right, that's normal, that's natural, that's part of the human experience, but thank God that we do not lean, and we cannot lean on the arm of flesh, we have to lean on the everlasting arms. Can I get a witness? Brothers and sisters, this evening, we have to, but this is normal. And so this is what happened to the children of Israel. They got discouraged on the way. And sometimes we get discouraged on the way and we get discouraged in the way because the way seems so long. It doesn't seem to be a way out in the wilderness. And when you're traveling in the wilderness and in a desert-like setting, all you see is sand and all you see is, and all you experience is heat and dirt and you feel like dehydrating and you hardly come to a, you look forward to an oasis where there is some water and some, some nourishment and some sustenance. And, and so this is what the experience was for, for them. And it's almost like what we can go through, what we're going through figuratively. And the longer this lasts, the risk of becoming more discouraged increases. But we got some good news. The word is not completed yet. It continues in verse 5. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. Oh, my word. Hold on now. Hold on for a moment. Did you just catch that? Did you just catch that? Once again, the children of God, the children of Israel started complaining against Moses and God. The people again protested against God's provisions of manna, and they had the audacity to call it worthless bread. Now listen, if you were in the wilderness and you had nothing to eat and you had manna, would you be grateful? I'm wondering, would you be thankful that you still have something as opposed to nothing? Well, they kept reminding themselves, going back to the, the, the memories of Egypt. You see, they had left Egypt, but Egypt had not left them. 
Egypt was still embedded in their mindset, in their mentality. In fact, the taste buds of Egypt was still on the tip of their tongue. And so instead of being grateful for God's provision, they started to complain and murmur and whine. And they called what God provided for them worthless bread. Now talk about being ungrateful. Talk about being ingrates. I mean, but anyways, the human experience. This is the human experience. Maybe if we were there, we might have joined the crowd. Who knows? Or maybe not. But this is what happens sometimes when we take our eyes off God, when we forget that he's with us. And sometimes when we are stretched and strained and placed in a situation that truly tests our faith to its limits. So listen to what verse 6 says. So the Lord, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and he and they bit the people and many of the people of israel died now that's not a nice this is not a nice part of the story i i must confess this is not a very pretty part of the story but the story continues and it goes on as you know in verse 7 therefore the people came to moses and said we have sinned for we have spoken against the lord and against you pray to the lord that he takes away the serpents from us so Moses prayed for the people. Now, you know, um, there's a text in Psalms that says that David actually wrote about it in uh, Psalm 78, I believe, verse 40, when he says that how many they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. You know, in their defiance or in their contempt of the bread of heaven, they actually, they the people were actually burning God. They were rejecting Jesus, as it were. They were rejecting Jesus because he's represented as the bread of heaven. They actually rejected him and rejected God who had given them this miraculous food. So, God who loves us, he never leaves us the same way that we are. See, when God, the Bible says, to those whom I love, I chasten and rebuke. It is not God's punishment because he loves us, he may permit us to go through a difficult and a dark experience. He may allow us to go through some drought. He may allow us to go through some uh, poverty or, or, or deficiency or, or, or in a situation where we are left uh, impoverished, so to speak, or without something for a short term. But it doesn't mean that God is punishing us or he doesn't love us. So what happens in verse Six and seven, which says that God's discipline, we see here God's discipline came upon the people to, 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 in a form of fiery servants, of course, snakes that were poisonous because they said that they were bit them, some of them died. And so, you know, these snakes were venomous. We don't know what kind they were, but, you know, rattlesnakes or the venomous snakes that they had then, cobras, whatever. And they caused, of course, I'm sure, raging fevers and agonizing pain and ultimately death. But the pain of the, the venomous bites drove the people to repent and to remember who God is and who God was. And then they begged Moses to intervene on their behalf. And God instructed Moses to do something. And so in verse, Bible says verse 7, so Moses prayed for the people. And then let's, let's go to verse 8. And it says, then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent. And set it on a pole 
and it shall be for that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Hence, look and live. Now, what a miracle story. Can you imagine life in a look? If they only look. So those who refuse to look, a simple look, a simple look of faith, a simple glance, if they refuse to look, they will die. But if they were bitten and they were about to die and they looked on that bronze or brazen serpent that was lifted up in the wilderness, if they only looked by faith, simple look, they would live. What a miracle. What a miracle. Think about it for a moment now. Look how God is able to provide for us in a unique way. Anyone who has been bitten and looked at the image lives. Now, you know, think about it now. If we think about this symbol, how is it that they were bitten by serpents and now there is a bronze serpent that they have to look at? It almost seems as if it's a oxymoron, so to speak, a, a contradiction of terms, if you will. But think about it for a moment. The raising of such a, a contemptible symbol on a pole ordinarily would have caused the people to actually, uh, you know, shrink away in, in, in revulsion. They would actually say, why do I need to look at a serpent? I just got bit at a serpent. I don't need to look at a serpent, right? But, but here is the wisdom of God. In this case, the children of Israel had to look on or look at the serpent image, of course, in order to live. Because why? It actually pointed to Jesus. Jesus pointed to this stunning image, actually, when he spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. As we know, um, he, he spoke of his own experience, um, of his own death and suffering. Um, John chapter 3 uh, verse 14 and 15. I'm just going to read it for you. John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Very interesting passage of Scripture. You can take a note of it and, and re reference it later. But here it is. It says in John 3, when he was on the Nicodemus, he says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So this look, looking in the wilderness was pointing toward Jesus. You see, to the Jews, crucifixion was a sign of a curse. Therefore, just as the Israelites had to look on the repugnant, uplifted image of a servant in order to be saved, we today and all of, of, of humanity had to look at the uplifted image of Jesus on a cross in order to be saved from our sin. You see, it is, it is interesting that Jesus chose the serpent then. And of course, you remember, it was the serpent that tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You remember that. But it was God himself, or Jesus, and I guess I would say Jehovah, that was in the Garden that gave them that hopeful promise in Genesis chapter 3, of course, you remember that text is 15 that says, and I will put 
enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and it shall he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his seal in fact the serpent would only bruise his seal but in the hebrew it says that and he jesus will crush his head this is very powerful so he was referring to the serpent so there is a interesting parallel here the same symbol of death now becomes a symbol of life jesus reverses the curse and redeems us and gives us life everlasting so powerful and so today i want to remind each of you my brothers and sisters listening friends we might be in the wilderness we might feel discouraged the way may be may seem lost but let us not cast our faith away let us first be thankful to God's provisions in our past year, in the past years of our life, and even in the very present. When we feel like giving up, when we even sometimes are tempted to murmur and complain, hopefully we won't do that. Let us look and live. Let us look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You see, no one of us can in our own strength represent Jesus. But if Jesus lives in our heart and his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, he will be revealed in us. All our lack, he will supply. Because he says in, in Philippians 4 verse 19, but my God shall supply all our needs through Christ, through Christ his riches in glory, through Christ Jesus our Lord. Philippians 4 verse 19. So who will seek as this year is still in its infancy, in its beginning, who will seek in this new year to have a new and genuine experience in their walk with God, in the things of God? Make your wrongs right as far as possible. Let us, let us, let us, brothers and confess our faults and our errors and sins to God and to one another. Let, let, let go of bitterness and, and, and malice and, and jealousy and put that away. Let, let, the patience of God, the peace of God, long-suffering and kindness and love become part of our very being. That whatsoever things are pure and lovely and are, and are a good report, let us think on these things. This will mature our Christian experience. What fruit have we borne during the last year that is now past? What has been our influence on others? Whom have we gathered to the fold of, of Christ? Whom have we pointed to Jesus? You see, in this COVID-19 world, the eyes of the world are upon us. Are we living epistles of Jesus Christ, known and read of all men and women and of all people? Do we follow the example of Jesus in self-denial, in meekness, in humility, in forbearance, in in bearing a cross in devotion, will the world be compelled in our circle of influence? Will they be compelled to acknowledge that you and I have been with Jesus? Shall we not in this new year seek to correct the errors of the past? You know what? I believe it behooves each one of us to cultivate the grace of Christ, to be to be meek in, in lowly of heart, to be firm, to be unwavering, steadfast in truth. For thus is the only way. 
you and I can advance in our Christian walk with God to maybe maybe to have a fitness for heaven. Let us begin with an entire consecration of ourselves to God. Let us pray for his discernment that we may understand the claims of God on our lives, that we may always remember that we are his witnesses in these closing times of history. Let us lift up Jesus and let us look and live. Let's lift him up in our lives. Let's lift him up in song. Lift him up in prayer. Lift him up in sermon. Lift him up in our praises. And may we remember the song, lift him up, the risen Savior. Let the dying look and live. Let all of our efforts be directed to pointing souls confused and bewildered, even ourselves and the very lost, to the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Let us look and live this year, 2021. Let us look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, because we are nearing home. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.